listening to the RTE Today podcast featuring some of the best bits from our show on RTE One weekdays at half three. Now we have our panel in studio. We have broadcaster Lorraine Keane. We have journalist and writer Pat Fitzpatrick. And on Skype, we have journalist Conor Pope. Lorraine, we're going to start with you. We are. Electric blanket or hot water bottle? This story in the examiner today, the Irish examiner, was made for me, Dahi, because... I adore my hot water bottles because not just one, I have a collection. Bottles, several, yeah, an ensemble. Several, oh, all sorts of types of yeah. hot water bottles. They're kind of like my comfort blanket. So when my girls were little, they had their blankie. And my hot water bottle has been my blankie for my entire life. Oh. 365 days of the year, almost. Um, so it comes everywhere with me. It's the item, actually, after husband, kids and, and furry babies <laughs> that I would take in a fire out of the house. I'd look for my cashmere. Hot water bottle. Oh, oh, you're good to yourself. Yeah. It was actually a Christmas present. My 17-year-old bought me an electric hot water bottle for my Christmas present this a year. Mm, How does that an work? An electric hot water bottle. I have one that you can put in a microwave. So oh. it is amazing, actually. We could do it today. It's a bit cold, isn't it? It's Honestly, um, guys, turn yeah, up the heat. Turn up the heat. And will you, for God's sake? We're freezing in the green room. Um, yeah, so you, you plug it in. It takes five minutes. And what's wonderful about it is... It retains its heat. So the only thing about a hot water bottle, it's scalding for the first few minutes and you have to kind of move it around your body because, you know, I'd say my insides are cooked at this stage. Um, But with the electric one, as I say, it starts at a constant heat and it stays at a constant heat for hours. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and it's still warm at my feet. That is a game changer. Mm. I had a friend from Monaghan, um, from Clonus in Monaghan. I remember you talking with his girlfriend, just go away during the summer, but she'd be home then, he says, because he'd like a warm arse in the bed, like. And that's what you want. <laughs> and nice. And I don't mean that, like, you know, but it's another person in the bed, if, if possible. Yeah. Uh, very useful. I like, actually, I like getting into a cold bed ah, with stop. loads of blankets, getting in and going, <laughs> and warming up. I like I getting really into like a cold that. bed with my hot water bottle. Yes. No. Yes. No, I like, yes. the, I like the almost monastic sense of kind of going, and then you kind of warm up with it. Because then you don't have the disappointment of waking up to a cold hot water bottle in the middle of the night. You do the shaky man very good. Do it again. Colonel <laughs> 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 Pope, can you do that? <laughs> I can't. But, but, but I think myself and Pat are natural bedfellows here because I hate hot water bottles. I hate electric blankets. And my wife and my children love them. So I end up having to sleep with an electric blanket on uh, in the dead of winter. And my feet are out one side of the duvet because it's too hot. <laughs> and I've got the duvet thrown yeah. off me. And it's like I'm sleeping in the, in the south of Spain at the height of summer. I just hate it. And the idea of, an electri- of, a, of a hot water bottle literally brings me out in hives. And I do know the, elect- the water, hot water bottle that Lorraine's talking about, the electric push, uh, plug-in one. And I know the microwave ones and then all the furry ones. And I swear, like, I can understand why, from an environmental perspective, they're probably better than the full electric blanket or turning up the heat full. But I just, they're not for me at all, at all, at all, at all, at all. Oh God. We can see a picture of one of them here. You might explain this one first, Lorraine. Can you see, have you seen this picture before? Oh, my goodness. They're the really, really old-fashioned yeah. hot, hot water, water bottles, bottles, literally. Yeah. It's ceramic. Yeah. Did they put coals in them as well as hot water, though? Mm, no. no, I think they, I think yeah. they were... The, were they the old bed pans? Embers. Oh, the pans. Yeah. yeah. I think they were. They had them in your time, did they? They did, Kira. yeah. Thanks very in much. In bed pans. They had a pawn of the bed as well, Pat. <laughs> It is Blue Monday, so obviously she's having a go. Like. I'm trying to yeah, cheer you off. Cold Monday. Uh, this apparently is the most miserable day of the year. This is something, dis- well, apparently discovered in the noughties by 
a PR agency that declared this was statistically the most depressing day of the year. They had a kind of scientific theory behind it mm -hmm. and everything. Um, and it, it basically kind of talked to the fact that PR agencies and advertising and people, they're always trying to have an event to talk about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, January famously doesn't have any event to talk about. And that's the best thing about January. Mm -hmm. You know, the hallmark thing of, like, they kind of, once you get into February, you have Valentine's, and then you have Christmas yeah, and Easter yeah, and yeah. Easter um, and Patrick's Day, etc. But, yeah, I love that there's no presents really need to buy. There's nothing. It's actually, for men, I think it's a really relaxing month. It is, like, yeah. Because we don't have to buy gifts we don't know anything about. Is that, am I right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The birthday or Blue Monday, yeah, yeah. my arse. But, you know, it's a great month. You have two of those said no today. Yeah, I know. Three every season. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, I won't say it anymore. But no, seriously, I, I, um, it, it, I don't think it's true. It, it, apparently, part of it is down to the fact that this is as far away as you are from payday after Christmas. Yeah, I think so. I, I, think, no, I, I think it's Blue Monday. In fact, I think every Monday is blue. Oh. Yeah. So oh. I try and I do. I actually have always liked the Boomtown Rats. I've no idea why. I don't like Mondays. So what I try and do is arrange things where... I know I'll have something to look forward to. So work that I like doing or recreation that I like doing just to try and get myself out of the bed and feel happy. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Mondays. Connor, what about you? Do you buy into it? Do you think it's like a commercialisation for Blue Monday maybe to, to get us out and buying things just to cheer ourselves up? Well, it's total nonsense. And as Pat said, it was a marketing lease <laughs> that was developed by a travel company, I think, about 15 years ago. And they just wanted to sell holidays. So what they decided yeah. was, listen, <laughs> everyone's going to be miserable. So why not cheer yourself up by booking yourself a holiday with our website? And it's like Cyber Monday. It just caught on. And then it, it snowballed. And then suddenly, about 10, 15 years down the road, people are talking about it like it's a real thing. Now, having said that, like January is a miserable month. And for a lot of people, they, they, won't, get, they won't get paid for a full week from today and they might have been paid three or four weeks ago because a lot of people would have got paid before Christmas. Yeah. So it is a long and cruel month and I think it was T.S. Eliot who said April was the cruelest month but he's completely wrong. January is the cruelest month. Yeah, but we're halfway through it though. We are. That's yeah, the we're thing. Getting... Yeah. 15th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really there. Last half and we just start thinking about a Valentine's Day present. Boo! Oh. And Galentine's pass. What's mm. Galentine's? It's, it's the day before Valentine's where you get to go out with your girls. Oh. So there's another day. Yeah, there's another day, Tadjik. Yeah. And we have St. Bridget's Day. Galentine's. We, do. we don't mind Valentine's. You have your Galentine's. Oh, yeah. look. Yeah. Off the hook. We'll have our Valentine's. <laughs> Whoa, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and every day isn't Valentine's, by the way. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> Moving swiftly on before, yeah. uh, before uh, Lorraine throws the toys out of the cot there, Connor. What, what is Eamon Ryan saying? Yeah, this could actually cause a lot of people to throw their toys out of the cot because Minister for Transport, Damon Ryan, is proposing that they will remove car parking spaces from public servants as part of a plan to be brought to government in the coming weeks. Now, under the national uh, demand management strategy, they will basically take away some car parking spaces that public servants use. And that's going to be part of the solution to manage traffic flows through cities. And he said that TDs, and this is, he obviously had to say this, TDs and senators get free parking in Leinster House, or close to Leinster House, and that they, 
a lot of those parking spaces might be removed as part of the strategy. And to be perfectly honest, I can see why a lot of people who have a parking space in a city centre, be it in Dublin, Cork, Galway, Limerick, Waterford, or wherever else, might want to hang on to it. And they might be saying, from my cold, dead hands, will you take away my free parking? But we do need to look at ways that we will disincentivise people from travelling into city centres. And if one of those ways is to take away the incentive or the advantage of having parking, well, then obviously it's a good thing because reducing the amount of cars in urban spaces makes life better for people in those urban spaces ultimately and it makes our our, our carbon emission targets much more realistic. Now I get why there's a lot of resistance to it and people say oh well what what do we do because to be honest uh, taking cars out of city centres only really works when the public transport infrastructure is, is good and is sufficient. Now if you look at a place like London or Paris or Madrid or New York City, people don't drive in those places typically because they don't have to because they've got this incredibly good public transport infrastructure. And I always think it's funny when people in the UK and people in London are moaning about the tubes because for us, we're looking at the tube network and saying this is the most incredible way of getting from A to B. And sometimes it might be smelly or sweaty or it might be overcrowded, but it's a phenomenal way of getting around a huge, big urban city. And we need that kind of public transport infrastructure in this country. And we've needed it for donkey's years. I mean, we've been talking about a metro from Dublin Airport into Dublin City Centre since I was in short pants in the 1970s. And it's never happened. It is something that needs to happen. But I suppose this is one step along the way of making our cities less less uh, attractive to car drivers mm-hmm. and more attractive to actual human beings. Mm-hmm. Lorraine, is it a case of, you know, this needs to come first? The public exactly. transport has to be yeah. there. You can't take away the spaces. How totally. am I supposed to get to work? Then? You can't take away something that is a necessity to so many people without giving them a reliable, affordable, clean, safe alternative or mm-hmm. alternatives. So you can talk the talk, but, you, you know, there's, there's just no way this can work for people unless you give them all of the above. We've been asking our viewers, would you give up your work car space? And of 376 surveyed, a whopping 79% said they would not give up their space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Should there be crazy to, unless there is another way, as Lorraine says, yeah. to get people into work? How else do they go to work? Yeah. yeah. But I think it's an issue as well, like just to be the voice of rural Ireland for a second. It's one thing to say to people, say, for instance, who travel five kilometres to park their car in the city. But, you know, I was coming in from East Cork today down towards Ballycotton, and you, I was actually watching people in bus stops. Yeah. Stops. There isn't a transport infrastructure down there. So you have to drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ireland's not a densely, unlike London, say, Ireland's not a very densely populated country. So lots of people have to drive to places. So it's all very well. If you miss the bus, city. you could be an hour waiting for the next yeah, one. Yeah, and you have but, to drive. But even to, in Dublin, my daughters would rely on public transport a lot and I would use it myself. And nine times out of ten, and it is nine times out of mm-hmm. ten, um, they are either late mm-hmm. or the bus doesn't turn up. Um, or when it turns up, it's full so they can't get on. Yeah. So there's, it's one like one of those problems nine times yeah. out of ten. There's a few of them. There. They need more buses. They need them to be on time. But they also need people need to feel safe on them as well, particularly yeah. when it yeah. gets yeah. dark, say the early yeah. evenings as well. So there's lots of things, mm-hmm. Pat. And if all these parts of the jigsaw come together, then you can take space away from people. Yeah, but I think it's very unlikely. You know, this has been proposed. It's been brought to government now as part of the next strategy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a kite because it's not going to happen mm-hmm. for the very reason that this is ten years down the road. And, yeah. you know, the 79% of people who said they wouldn't, should they, yeah. you know, there, would you blame them? Go. Lorraine, I think you're going to cause a little bit of a discussion at dinner tables tonight <laughs> with our next story. Oh, yeah. Do you share your passcode with your partner? Everybody's going, oh. Yes, uh, till phone passcodes, do we, uh, do we part? Um, 
I didn't know whether Peter had my passcode. So when this story came in, I actually sent him a message saying, do you know my passcode? <laughs> and he guessed twice and he got it right on the first one. Um, <laughs> so we clearly share ours. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, why do we? Well, Amelia actually gave me my passcode, my daughter, because she set up my phone for me when I got a new phone a few years ago. Um, so Amelia and Romy definitely know it. I know Peter's. And it's because... When one of us is driving, the other person will yeah. do texts for them or, yeah. or, you know, even swapping photos and things like that. So, yeah, we have each other's passcodes. Pat, you're looking cynically at me. No, no, no. I, I, I share my passcodes um, with my phone and my wife. Uh, with my main phone, not with my affair phone. So she's <laughs> just to be clear, right? No, she's not getting her hands on that because the sum of the stuff in there, even I'll say, is way out of order. That's so yeah. funny. It's awful. Honestly, it's the best policy. What about you, what about you Connor? <laughs> ah, yeah, no, of course my wife knows my passcode, but I was thinking about it earlier on. So do all my children. And one of my children has even set up facial re recognition for herself on, my <laughs> on your phone. So all she needs to do is look at my phone Brilliant. and it's open. But I, I also, I was like, how could you have the conversation? If, if, if you're with somebody, if they're your life partner and they say, can I have your passcode? Because they need to do something, as Lorraine said, send a message or look at Google Maps. How can you possibly say no to that question? I mean, <laughs> like, without setting up a whole lot of red flags. Yeah. So I think inevitably it has to happen. And I think we just share that stuff and whatever happens, you know, doesn't, I, my phone contains no secrets, believe me. Uh, Kira, you're newly engaged now, right? Oh, yeah. Do you have all the passwords already? Well, I, I do have the passcode to the phone. I'm not sure about the passwords to everything else. And now I feel like maybe I should. <laughs> I stone, the, the phone is only a stepping stone. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Connor, as well. And Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can tune in to the Today Show every day on RTE One from half three. Or if you miss it, you can watch back on the RTE player. Visit rte.ie forward slash player. Stay tuned.